Welcome back to this corner of the podcast business, formerly Raven's Recap, now one winning pod, with your hosts, Alec, Chris, guest star correspondent Kfish, and myself, the namer of this podcast, if I do say so myself. <laughs> Peter. Did you get a job your name there? Do we have to announce you? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Peter. Yeah, no. If, for those for those who missed it, we left a teaser at the end of last pod. Uh, we're rebranding, so no longer Ravens Recap. We've rebranded to One Winning Pod. Uh, the, the funny story about this, if you if you hadn't listened to the teaser, is that this was uh, Peter's actual original name for the podcast way back in 2019. Uh, Alec and I outvoted him. Uh, we decided to be Ravens Recap, and what do you know? We rebranded. We picked Peter's old name. So. We're back, one winning pod. Uh, check all your social medias. We've well, we're going to leave some notes and make sure this transition is smooth. Um, so you know, you guys won't have to do much stuff uh, for right now. But please, uh, if you haven't already, check out one winning pod uh, on Twitter. That's going to be our new handle, and uh, you're going to get the same content as always, just with a, a new name, new logo. Uh, it's going to be pretty sweet. And yet again, we want to give credit where credit's due edc burner made the new art for us both their avatar and the show uh art and uh we love it it's really cool i always wanted to make a polo with the ravens recap logo and now i definitely want to make some merch even if it's just for us of uh one winning pod because i think it's a cool Man. it's a cool logo i'll so. proudly wear it to work on purple fridays on exactly. purple mondays every day of the week <laughs> every day is a purple day <laughs> You know, it's really cool too. Um, I kind of alluded to it in um, a tweet I had sent out that I kind of was hoping that maybe, and that's why we teased it, uh, we could do the draft preview shows as one winning pod because that's how we started many years ago was a draft preview show and then the draft recap. Uh, so kind of being able to tease it around this time of year does feel like uh, almost a new season, so to speak, of the show. Uh, and with that, we got the schedule release for the season. We knew the teams, but now we know the order and the time. And um, I'm pretty excited, man. Obviously, like, bias here because the four of us, that's why Corresponding Kfish is here, are going to be at a lot more games now that we got PSLs. So, uh, yeah, it's a really exciting time. Let me first say thanks for having me on again, guys. And thanks for Peter calling me a star. Greatly appreciated. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, not to repeat Alec, but I'm super excited because, you know, we do have PSL, so I will be locked into hopefully 10 games. Um, we'll see how that goes. Um, and then, you know, a bunch of playoff games at home as well. Um, and I think we have a lot of good games at home, too. So that's that's always good stuff. Unfortunately, we don't start the season at home, though. We do start at the Jets, a classic Flacco revenge game. Absolutely. <laughs> and if, if not... You know, if Flacco won't be on the field himself, he'll be uh, coaching up his son. Uh, Zach Wilson let the world know that apparently Joe Flacco is his dad. Spoiler alert. I'm not sure if uh, Flacco's wife knew about that. They might want to discuss that a bit. Um, But he had enough kids with her. I'm sure it's fine. Um, But (laughs) (laughs) anyways... Yeah, this is an interesting game to start off the season. You know, you look at it on face and you're just like, ah, the Ravens get it, the Jets in week one layup. But at the same time, you look at that Jets offense, a lot of young players with a lot of potential. It'll be Salah's second year there, uh, so he'll ha- have some more time under his feet to instill the culture that he wants there. I think that 
you could look at this Jets team as a team that could play spoiler to the Ravens in week one if they're not careful. Um, they could also be a team that has a lot of potential this year, but uh, just isn't ready in week one to start maximizing that. And then actually, you know, the Ravens lucked out by the schedule makers there and getting a little them at a little bit of an easier time. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting way to kick off the season for the Ravens, in my opinion. Yeah, I I honestly thought I was going to be in the minority here. I think this game, you know, uh, the show now to put potential trap game. I think it's going to, and if you want to call it that, that's fine. I think this game's going to be closer than expected. Uh, I think the Jets showed that they are going to take a step in the right direction under um, Robert Sala. I looked up his first name. like, um, And then, uh, you know, say what you want. They drafted well. I think the three dudes they they grabbed in the first round all all are hits that they can expect you know um, to contribute, and we'll probably see week one. That being said, you know Ravens are still going to win. The other like funny narrative is like uh, Sauce hasn't given up any touchdowns in his collegiate career, so everybody's saying Bateman gets uh gets the first one on him start the year. Let's I love go that narrative. Yeah, I'm here for that. So something else we just learned about the Jets right now is that their uh, starting secondary is going to be basically all new. Uh, obviously, they got Sauce Gardner there from the draft. DJ Reed is their opposite starting cornerback, at least projected right now, coming in from Seattle. Jordan Whitehead, they got from Tampa Bay. Marcus Joyner, he was on the team last year, but only played one game. So um, that'll be another interesting thing to see here, how the Ravens' first game... Uh, Hollywood Brown less with this receiving crew does against this uh, this new secondary for the Jets. I imagine if you ask some Ravens fans, they'll be like, well, why don't you just trade a Marcus Williams? They need a safety. We need a receiver, right? I hope that was just one fan on Twitter. <laughs> I think it yeah, was. Too. <laughs> I, it was definitely one fan because there was about a thousand fans just piling onto this yeah. man. Oh, gosh. I will say, you know, good for you for thinking of an idea no one else was thinking about. <laughs> But there was a reason that no one else was thinking about that idea, and that's all I'll say on that. <laughs> Ravens Twitter had a day today, and and nothing really happened today. So I don't even know what really like sparked. No, something did happen today. They lost out on Geronimo Allison. Yeah, like I said, nothing really happened. <laughs> they had Geronimo in. He did not leave with the contract. That that was the end of that. Yeah, I I get it. It's kind of like a like a dead time for. Uh, Hot takes, but that one was extra bad just to get the combo going. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have a whole offseason to talk about who the Ravens aren't going to sign at wide receiver, so let's go on <laughs> to the next week. <laughs> week two, revenge game against the Dolphins. Um, I'm excited for this one. This is the first home game of the season. Uh, this is going to be great. Definitely going to be um, a game that we're going to see a lot of. Uh, we're going to see if, if uh, Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters are back. Because uh, they're going to have a quite a challenging uh, with them against Hale and Waddle, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously the Ravens went to Miami last year and they did not have a good game at all. They definitely, uh, you know, want to get that sour taste out of their mouth, respectively. I, I think this is a great game, it's a great choice. I think for the NFL to choose the first home game of the season, I'm really looking forward to this one. Something I'm really looking forward to for this matchup is it'll be we'll, we'll get to see how, how Kyle Hamilton matches up at the NFL level against athletic tight ends. Um, 
And we, we talked last year about how with the Dolphins against the Ravens defense, if they shut out Mike Gusecki, it basically shut out the Dolphins offense. And they did that and did shut out the Dolphins offense and then proceeded to not score points. But anyways, um, what'll be interesting about this game though, is now you got Jalen Waddle in year two. Um, Jalen Waddle was actually starting to come along at that game as well. And they got Tyree Kill as well. The Dolphins brought in Mike McDonald and signed a slew of running backs, uh, including Raheem Mostert and Chase Edmonds. Um, so we'll see what Tua is. But again, I think this might be the Ravens catching a team at a good time. It's going to take some time for all these offensive weapons to gel. So, you know, this seems on paper like it should be a very winnable home opener for the Ravens simply because of when they're playing them and that it is at home. Um, but at the same time, if if the Dolphins get off to a faster start than we're expecting, uh, we're going to see pretty quickly how far along in their recoveries Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters are because Hill and Waddle are going to give them quite a bit of fits. Just a quick edit. I've led you guys on the wrong path. It's, uh, it's McDaniel, not McDonald. So. <laughs> The other, the other Mickey D. <laughs> yeah. So uh, back to the the game. I I actually took it or was looking at this game differently, where you guys kind of focused on the the defense. I think this is, you know, this will be telling for Giro, right? Because that was the game where he's kind of considered he was e- extremely exposed, could not handle the all out blitz. So now you have a whole off season. You know this game's coming up. Everybody should be healthy. If you can't deal with that again, major red flags for the whole season. And that might just be like a little bit of hyperbole, but I'll be very concerned if if we put up as many points as we did last year. Good game for the Ravens to have to bounce back um, with, you know, kind of define the season, define an outlook. Um, I really do hope that, yeah, we are able to, go ahead and win it for all the reasons you guys stated definitely will be a very interesting game biggest challenge of the season so far i think it's safe to say <laughs> in, in week two well so far yeah <laughs> against yeah. the jets like compared to, basically compared to the jets <laughs> so yeah and another thing like that's bateman probably gets howard right you would think the cornerback for the dolphins so i would say that's that's going to be more indicative of what bateman's season would look like over you know first game for sauce and then dj reed who's just kind of there well moving on to week three um we got another afc east matchup i just realized this guys i don't know if we were clear about this the first four weeks of the season we play the afc east yep just get out of the way let's <laughs> get it all out of the way yeah uh so week three at patriots this one uh would be a little bit interesting although i i gotta be honest at least out of the first two games uh i feel like i'm I'm like least upset about this one. I don't know. I feel like the the Patriots have had a few guys leave. Um, you know, one guy you were talking about all these good cornerbacks, um, but J.C. Jackson no longer in the New England, so he's not going to be there. Um, so I think Bateman will have a little bit more room to work in this game. But uh, you know, obviously Mac Jones still young. I mean, he's an ascending quarterback. You know, he's going to be somebody that Mike McDonald uh, is going to have to game plan around and and, and kind of have a plan for him, but. You know, I could, I could kind of see this going either way. I mean, Belichick obviously is always really hard coach to, to game plan around. You know, he's going to have some some tricks that he has, and he's just going to play us really well. But yeah, I feel like if if you were to ask me, <laughs> if you were to ask me uh, last year that we had to play the Patriots this year, I, maybe I'd be a little bit more uh, scared. 
but yeah, I mean, there's a long time between now and this game, so uh, you know we'll we'll see uh, we'll see some reports out of camp and and see kind of where the Patriots are going at uh, the next couple of months. Yeah, I don't have too many feelings about this game. It's uh, one of the least interesting games almost to me of the season. Not to say that the Patriots aren't a well-coached team or have potential and all that. It's just um, I'm not that invested in their narrative. I don't think this is their year at all. And I don't. Th- I think they're more in the middle of their transition. A lot of the things they've done for roster building, like drafting uh, Cole Strange in the first round, is um, questionable. <laughs> so I just don't know. Uh, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not as like in tune with what the Patriots are doing right now or even eager to see where they go. I just think they're a team that is well-coached and will be, they'll punch above their weight class for a while, but their weight class is not necessarily that intimidating. They feel like a 2016 Ravens. That's interesting. Mm. I take a completely different stance. I mean, maybe it's me giving too much credit to Belichick and that organization, which is always putting out a winner with Tom Brady, obviously, but Let's not forget, this team went 10-7 and seven with a rookie quarterback last year, Mac Jones, who, you know, was he a highlight real level player? No, but he was certainly the quarterback who had the most success um, of anyone in the class last year. Of course, you could argue he had the best defense, you know, of all those teams and was in the best situation, despite the fact of really not having terribly many playmakers around him, but... You know, I, I think Mac Jones should had a very encouraging year one to at least look like, you know, an above average, like he can be an above average quarterback in this league. And let's not forget, you know, around week 10 or 11, Patriots went on some a big win streak. Uh, and a lot of the NFL world was um, saying, you know, Patriots, they could make a deep playoff run this year. Now, granted, you know, I think each of us didn't buy it. And we ended up being correct on that. But I just can't count a Bill Belichick team out. I obviously don't like the Patriots, but I respect the football minds in that organization. Uh, So I'm actually really excited for this game. And I think week three is a great time for it. Again, you're catching them early. You don't really want to go into New England in the second half of the season when there's bad weather. Um, We definitely saw how that can be uh, unideal in 2020. So yeah, all in all, I think... um, I think this is an interesting matchup for the Ravens. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize they uh, signed Jabril Peppers. That's like uh, one of those guys that I always had my eye on for the Ravens because I just thought he was super like uh, movable around in the defense. And um, you know, he hasn't panned out as much as his first round draft grade um, and kind of the hype. Um, I think he was a Heisman candidate, if I remember, um, which is unheard of for. Uh, defensive players, but um, that could be a good signing. They still have Judon. I I think that, I mean, Belichick has a way of just, you know, uh, what's the saying, grinding juice out of a stone or something. Um, You know, he's going to get the most out of these guys. And there's some, there's some names there that, um, you know, could be interesting. I think this game, you know, they always play as close. We always play them close. It's, it's just one of those games. It's, it's not going to be a, it's not going to be a, a a blowout by any means. I mean, they were able to give us, you know, even with the weather, they were able to give us a you know a hard game with Cam Newton as quarterback. So, um, I think Mac Jones is is definitely better than that. Hopefully, we get better weather. But I yeah, I think this is going to be a, a tough game. I'm not um, as bored of it as uh, some of the others on the the podcast. Damn, 
just call it out. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> hey, no, this is great. We, we got, we got, we need, we can't well, all have the same opinion on every game. Then it's going to be me coping with the fact right, we wouldn't have a pod. Yeah. <laughs> it's just me coping with the fact that I'm going to be at the festival making Slovakia oh. and probably not able to watch this game co- closely. So I'm like, you know, the Patriots are garbage. They're not that interesting. They're just a, a middling team. Get out of here. Did you guys put in the, the show notes Ty Montgomery revenge game for this one as well? <laughs> Ty oh. Montgomery's there too. <laughs> Adjust your ranks. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so, so um, what between the Dolphins and the Patriots and, and the Jets, we're, we're probably uh, playing the most running backs possible ever in three weeks, you know, ignoring the fact <laughs> that half of those people will be cut by, time, <laughs> by the time the game comes around. But, I mean, yeah, they have uh, what Patriots have four running backs, five running backs that I guess will make the team. And then if you include Ty Montgomery, that's a sixth one. And then you got uh, Dolphins have 17 running backs, I think. 19. Uh, I think they just signed uh, Devonta Freeman and Latavius Murray while we were recording this pod. (laughs) (laughs) Solid solid death if you uh, lose your top five people. (laughs) All right, guys, this is this is the big one. And obviously, you know, the uh, rumorville was full of this one being a Thanksgiving game. And I'm so thankful that it's not one o'clock, just standard. Unfortunately, the Bills are getting the same treatment the Chiefs have gotten for all these years early in the year. It'd be really cool to have them at the end of the year. But we'll get to that matchup later uh, for another team in our division. It's going to be electric. It's a shame this is not prime time. These are two smaller market teams that if these guys were on the Cowboys and I don't know, What's another like America's team? Bucks. Uh, I don't know. Bucks. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Cowboys and um, I don't know. Steelers. San Francisco, right? I don't know. It, it, this would be prime time to the extreme, Panthers. right? <laughs> oh, definitely <laughs> Panthers. not Panthers. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, you know what I mean? This is going to be a fun game. I, I'm so excited to go. This is the one that I said I will move things if I need to to get there. Um, I can't wait for this game. Yeah, I... I too was shocked. I would, I would have to look at what the primetime game is this week. To me, this should should have been easy, easily the game of the week um, without knowing the other games. But I, again, I'm super happy that it's at home. Um, wow, garbage games. <laughs> Actually, they're not that bad. They're not that bad. Is it a it's, Cowboys it's, game, though, in the Sunday night game? It's Thursday's Dolphin and, and Bengals, which is interesting. Uh, uh, we'll get into that for the next matchup. Yeah, and then... Sunday night is Kansas City Chiefs and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Monday night, Rams and 49ers. Okay, I retract my statement. If only Brady stayed retired, all right? We would have gotten this one. (laughs) (laughs) Why did the game have to be week four? Look, we'll we'll get to it later, but I've got a major bone to pick with the the game time of a certain game, but we'll get to that later. And why Mm -hmm. that that game is a primetime game and not Ravens-Bills just blows my mind like few things ever have <laughs> a few things ever have <laughs> stay tuned guys it's gonna get good <laughs> all right all right well we didn't really talk about this game at all. No, we we're talking um, so much about how we're upset about you know when this game is but at the same time you know I, I i do think that week four though is is fine the first three weeks of the season you know teams are they're getting their legs under them players are getting in shape you're slowly ramping up and and you know your offensive and defensive schemes you know from your basic stuff you run in preseason to the more complex schemes that you actually want to run during the season i feel like week four is really the kickoff of the actual nfl season 
when teams are finally ready for prime time. So in that sense, I think that I get what you're saying and, and do agree it would have been better if this game was later in the season. But I think this is, is late enough, barely. But yeah, this is going to be an excellent game. Technically, I'm going to say it's round two of Lamar Jackson versus Josh Allen because that first matchup, Josh Allen was not Josh Allen yet. You know, again, another great test for the secondary. You got Diggs. You got the the new great wide receiver, new greatest wide receiver in NFL history, Gabriel Davis. Um, <laughs> you got Isaiah McKenzie there as well. And obviously, Josh Allen is a threat with the ball in the air. I, you can make the argument he's the second best Russian quarterback in the NFL. You really could. So this, I'm really interested to see what Mike McDonald uh, whips up for this one. I think we're going to see some schemes left in the vault, in his own vault, and we'll vault. actually see things. We'll actually see things released from them, unlike Greg Roman's vault. Um, <laughs> some some really interesting defensive packages that the Ravens won't have uh, rolled out yet. I could definitely see being revealed in this matchup so it should be a great matchup and i think a lot really fun film study after the game too the bills game is also interesting because um they've drafted a lot of players that were linked to the ravens or that at least ravens twitter was interested in uh for instance the savior of the wide receiver class Khalil shakir went there uh also uh punt god matt ariza went there so uh, interesting players and career elam cornerback went there so a lot Ooh. of uh, <laughs> yeah, I know that that one's a little more controversial, obviously, but a lot of interesting players went to them. So it'd be cool to watch and see how they're performing by week four in their rookie season. Didn't that happen last year too? Um, yeah, I want to say Ray Borg, uh, brought that up with the the DN that we were kind of looking at, and they ended up Espinoza. taking. Yeah, and uh, that was two years ago. Last year was Greg yeah. Rousseau. Oh yeah, well, yeah. I think both of those were at one time you know, mock to, to the Ravens and we thought they could be possible picks. So it, it seems to be happening. We had that happen a lot with the Patriots back in the day too, you know, most notably um, Gronk and um, that other tight end. Yeah, no, that's, that's true. Yeah. I don't know. Elam definitely uh, not, should not have been mocked to the Ravens. If anybody did mock him, this is just not a pick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but, uh, that, but yeah, is that a talent standpoint or just purely name a little bit of both. I just, I think he's going to be a penalty machine. I'm just like, I don't know. There's, there's like a level of aggression of like, you can be physical and aggressive. And like, that's why I wanted Stingley. Stingley was like, he had like the right level of like physicality and finesse and like would have been a perfect pick, but the Houston picked him at, three overall which is crazy and Elam is just like you look at him play and I don't know he's just like he's going to be called for holding pass interference holding pass interference it would it would be crazy so but yeah it doesn't help that his uncle cousin bombed for the Ravens so speaking of his uncle is he in the USFL yet or is he done oh that's a good question <laughs> nobody's watching that yeah Alec you're not getting in on uh, DraftKings for the USFL <laughs> no sir no sir <laughs> I think we can move along to the Bengals game. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> so, all right, prime time finally. I think this might be the longest we had to wait for a prime time game in a season for the Ravens in several years. Um, week five, Sunday night football. I'm excited. Home game, bring the energy. Feels like a blackout. But I think, uh, yeah, this is interesting for many reasons. The Bengals play Thursday night, so. They will have more rest going into this game. 
The good news is that they actually play Monday Night Football against the Bills before we play them again in Week 18. So they got the same matchup before the game as we do, but later in the season. Um, so take that as you will. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited though for this game. Obviously, uh, Ravens. If we thought the revenge game against the Dolphins was a revenge game, this is a revenge game squared with uh, the beatdowns the Bengals gave us in two showings last year. Matt Elam currently plays for the Edmonton Elks. In case anyone was wondering, but <laughs> is that uh, the Canadian Football League? Yep, he's in the Canadian Football League now. Oh, that's paid on maple syrup. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I mean... That what you told Cole, like, as well? (laughs) Yeah, he gets paid on maple syrup, too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know which game the Ravens have a a bigger, you know, circle around on the calendar right now. Uh, Is it the rematch from the last playoff game that the franchise uh, has been in? I should say most recent. Or is it against this new division rival who absolutely knocked their socks off last year, both when they were healthy and when they weren't. Um, It's really interesting that the NFL put these two games back to back um, because obviously the Ravens, if they want to make a strong statement early in the season, uh, the first three games are important, but these two are are absolute must win. I I once, well, you can't say they're must wins this early in the year, but they kind of are because we know that the bills are going to be, one of the front runners in the AFC. They've just been completely electric under Josh Allen. It's ever since he's had his awakening. And the Bengals, if if they lose big three times in a row, that's that's not going to be good. So I'm sure that the Ravens have plenty of preparation here for this game, and hopefully they can get a win because this will be the first. Not only you know do the Ravens have to think about that both these bigger games last year against this team did not go well. But this is the, after this game, the Ravens aren't getting a, a divisional game for a while. So because of that as well, I think you're looking at this, a, a victory here is more important than it usually would be. Scratch that. What am I talking about? The Browns are two weeks later. They're, they are, no, no, but, but they are, but I get your point though. Cause uh, I mean, I'm looking at it like they have, they do have five. So five AFC matchups, the first five weeks, right? So they yeah. have a chance to go up if they can win a lot of those games. Like they're definitely going to have a leg up in the conference, but no, between week six and the bio and right after the bye week, basically we're playing the NFC South. So four matchups there, um, also playing the giants as well. So they definitely will have room to work with if they win a lot of these games, uh, up through week five. Um, they could probably afford to drop a few of these matchups kind of in you know October, early November. But uh, definitely this is one of those schedules where the first five weeks are super important and the last five weeks super important. Yeah, to kind of piggyback off of Peter's point of this being kind of a must win, it's not a must win, but it's these two games will really kind of shape the seeding if, if we look too far ahead at, at playoffs. Um, you figure we're going to be going up against... Um, you know, the Bengals and the Bills for for, for seeding. So you, if you kind of drop those games, it's kind of like a twofer. You know, you lose the head-to-head. So not only do you uh, lose the game, but you you have to be above them a game as well. So those are, those are two huge games back-to-back. And then um, kind of a different point, I, I feel like, you know, I, I can't speak for the players, but at least from the fan standpoint, I feel like the Bengals game 
is, is the one that the Ravens fans are circling. I, I feel like there's a mutual respect between Buffalo fans and, uh, and Ravens fans, but all last year we had to, we had to hear about how Joe Burrow was basically Jesus Christ himself reincarnated. <laughs> um, so, you know, that would feel great to get this one and just kind of stop that narrative really early. Definitely. I'm looking for, uh, I'm looking for this revenge game for sure. After the Bengals, you know, the, man, it's crazy. You're looking at these games and, you know, some of them look more winnable than others, but there's no, there's no layups at all in the beginning of the schedule. And that continues with week six at the Giants. And sure, Giants offensively, it doesn't look good for them, but obviously Wink Martindale's there now. He knows the Ravens offense. Um, We're going to, finally get to see what a Ravens offense will look like and try and exploit what they can uh, in this scheme for the Giants. And who knows? We'll, we'll see how much of Wink's concepts will be in play when the Ravens are there. But I'm sure Wink is going to want to win that game. And we know that the Ravens have had issues with, with pressure. So this will be a good test to see how healthy the offensive line is uh, in this game. I was kind of like looking at their defense. Does Wink really have the the guys to run what he was running in, in Baltimore. Cause like, great. His, his whole thing was kind of leaving those cornerbacks on an Island, letting your safeties, you know, also guard tight ends. Like I'm, I'm looking at, you know, their depth chart. I, I'm, I actually like Adoree Jackson. I, I think he's, you know, he's not, you know, a top 10 corner or someone like that, but um, I think he's a decent corner. But, I mean, that's kind of where it kind of falls off. I mean, for sure, they missed out on... I mean, they they picked five, right? So they missed out on the top two corners at that point. They weren't going to reach for that. But they did pick up Kayvon Thibodeau. You know, so he's got a good edge rusher piece. But yeah, certainly, like, the, the corner situation is not great. And um, also, the Giants just ended up releasing James Bradbury as well. I'm not entirely sure if that was, like... Was it, like, a scheme fit thing or, like, a culture thing? But he was also a top corner for them. And so he's not going to be there, which, I mean, great for us. But, yeah, it's certainly, like, you're not going to have the corners that he had in Baltimore for sure. Yeah, I think it was a cap thing. Um, they saved, like, $10 million, which, I mean, I guess they technically gave to Galladay to score no touchdowns. Um, so <laughs> solid choice there. Um, definitely a choice I would recommend for all teams, not Ravens. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is an interesting team. Um, this is obviously the last year of Daniel Jones's contract. Um, they're trying to figure out what to do going forward. Yeah, we'll see if Kadarius Tony's playing for the team by the time we play them. I know he's been chattered about getting traded. A lot of interesting dynamics going on there. Um, they got Evan Neal, which is one of the top uh, tackle prospects in the uh, draft. So, uh, They'll have a better line than they did last year. And, of course, like Thibodeau is very interesting to watch and see his progression. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is just an interesting team. Um, I kind of view it – they're a lesser version of the Patriots game, in my opinion, as far as interestingness. But, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. That's interesting with your favorite player on that team. It's not my favorite player. <laughs> oh, is Pettis on the Giants now? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Saquon, Saquon. I met his other favorite player. Oh, <laughs> Tyson Williams. <laughs> Alec has too many favorite players. I will say, you know, I think the big thing with this game is 
is Wink's scheme, does it fit the players? If it does, you know, maybe this could slow down the Ravens' offense, but I, I think it does look like right now a game that if the Ravens score 14 points, they probably come out of this one with a win. Yeah, with how it is right now, I kind of agree with you. You don't, uh, you don't like the Wondale Robinson pick? or I do, but I don't like who's throwing him the football. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, week six, it could be Tyrod, so... It could be. I love Tyrod, but Ty, there's a reason Tyrod's been a journeyman backup for now. <laughs> Bad luck. That's, that's the only reason. <laughs> exactly. And you can't fight bad luck. So, I mean, that means if he has to go <laughs> against the Ravens, he's going to get sacked five times and Kyle Hamilton's going to have two pick sixes. So, you know. <laughs> love that. Bad luck. That would, Follows you everywhere. That would be a breakout game. <laughs> did you guys know Jihad was on this team? I did. Yeah, that's awesome. Good for him. Yeah, he, he followed mm-hmm. Wink, yeah. Wink, Justin Ellis, too. Yeah, Wink was all about getting his guys back. Very all cool. Right. He didn't want uh, Chuck Clark? That was the... <laughs> I think we didn't give, want to give up Chuck Clark for the price. I honestly think there's lots of teams interested in Chuck Clark, but not as much as we're interested in having Chuck Clark. And it'll all work out. Yeah. It's the classic problem where you have a player who is worth more to you than he is to the average NFL team. Mm-hmm. So you're going to need to get more back from him than a team who wants him uh, would justifiably do because he doesn't have the same worth there. Yeah, that that is the perfect summary of the current situation of Chuck Clark. <laughs> so week seven is interesting. Mark Andrews week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, versus the Browns at home, one o'clock game. This is interesting because at the time of the recording, the Watson... Um, Verdict is not in, although apparently they're wrapping up the investigation. So we'll see if he is eligible to play this game. Week seven is suspiciously more than six games, which feels like a suspension length of which might be given. So I wouldn't be shocked if it's his debut. I love to whoop his ass in his first game back. <laughs> so bring it. Alec, do you not think Deshaun Watson is good? <laughs> like I said, I can't wait to whoop his ass at MT Bank. <laughs> like, based on the conversation we had like a couple months ago everybody here thinks deshaun watson is not as good as yeah. the rest of the nfl thinks i think i think we all think he's he's varying forms of overrated just some of us think he's more overrated than others <laughs> yeah i'm i'm probably sitting somewhere near alec where i just think he's just a stat pattern it looks real good when like when you throw five touchdowns but you're behind by two the whole time two touchdowns <laughs> looks super great like yeah yeah if anybody wants to join our uh, deshaun watson sucks echo chamber uh feel free to reach out at one wing pod <laughs> i mean for me it's more so like i don't think he's someone who can transcend cleveland's bad culture and like it's just you he know, just made he, it worse uh, yeah i mean you know he's he, he did actually end up you know at first i was like why do they pick cleveland over those other teams but I, I do remember you know back when we were doing our our uh sleeper dynasty startup draft and you know we're saying where's deshaun watson gonna go i said he's probably gonna go to the place that offers him the best offensive line after everything he had to endure in houston and lo and behold cleveland probably the best offensive line in the nfl that's where he's at but you're throwing to uh, amari cooper who is you know inconsistent to say the least and that's pretty much it i i don't know i i I I know everyone's going to say, you know, you've heard the argument, oh, well, you know, who did he have in Houston after DeAndre Hopkins was gone? 
Uh, last time Watson was on the field, he was throwing bombs to Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller, who are both, I don't know, better than... Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Amari Cooper. Um, I would rather have 2019 Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller. I'm sorry. I think I think he had better weapons in Houston. But, we man, we continue to throw flame on the fire on this, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's really nice of you, you know, to say something nice uh, uh, about Deshaun Watson. <laughs> I think it's really nice of you to say that he went to Cleveland because the O line was better, and not because they guaranteed one billion dollars <laughs> over the next five years. Um, well, they also guaranteed he's going to have less dollars. medical bills in his future. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they also, you know, made his his salary such that when he does get suspended, because he will be suspended that he doesn't lose barely any money. I, I just assume that was like the driving factor for him. Maybe that's a judge of his character that he doesn't deserve, but you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Oh, it, it certainly helped him. Sure. You know, he was slated to the saints at one point. They have a decent O line, I think. And they just drafted penning. I mean, he made a decision after the fact, but uh, I'm trying to think of the other teams. I mean, you're definitely right. Fal- Fal- Falcons. Um, well, look, we got we got ripped when we said no good things about Deshaun Watson because apparently Twitter, the entire Twitter world is defending Deshaun Watson, the football player, like crazy. So I had to say some nice things about him. So <laughs> I'm sure Owe is going to sack him and then you know gently put him down on the turf um, yeah. while everyone else wraps up his legs. Tuck him in. But but as a, as a football game, as an actual football game, regardless of whether or not Deshaun Watson is actually good with the Cleveland Browns, which even if you're the most ardent, you know, Deshaun Watson, the football player defender, I mean, we still don't know. Like I said, it's it's Cleveland. They've ruined many players' careers before of the same talent, of a similar talent caliber to Watson. But yeah, it's, it's so hard to say what this game is going to look like from at this state in time. That it's, it's kind of like, you know, I don't think we can talk anything else about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say, though, you know, even without the Watson variable, I think the Stefanski offense is still going to be the Stefanski offense, which is predominantly based around running the ball, third down play action, um, don't get into lo- long third third down. So, I mean, that's not going to change. The, the, at, at the end of the day, whether Watson's there or not, the, the first goal I'm sure if you ask the Ravens defense, we'll be stopped the run. So, you know, that will always be the case. Um, and and kind of like you guys noted, the first first goal for Cleveland will be start, stop Mark Andrews because most times they don't. Yeah, good luck with that. Next game, short week at Tampa Bay. It's Thursday night football. Tom Brady will probably still not be retired at this point. And uh this is interesting. The Ravens are one and five all time as a road team on Thursday night football, but seven and one as the home team. That makes perfect sense, right? You waste a day to travel or at least oh, a couple yeah. hours. I mean, you lose, you lose time. You got to go somewhere. I mean, that makes perfect sense. It sucks that that's the game. We're going to see hall of future hall of famer. Tom Brady feels winnable, but given the stacked deck against the Ravens, it's probably one of the games that you want to assign an L to if you're doing your all too early prediction of wins losses, just because of, you know, it historically difficult, not just for the Ravens, but for any team to perform on Thursday night on the road. Yeah. It's really frustrating that the NFL schedule makers did this. It's like, you got to wonder if like Tom Brady is trying to go out so that every, 
the last time he plays every team in the NFL was a win for him. <laughs> because like if if they just like you said, this is a game the Ravens can win. Tom Brady, you know, is probably the best quarterback of all time, but you look at the weapons he has outside of, you know, his good buddy Gronk is gone. Mike Evans is still there. Godwin's been dealing with a lot of injuries recently, um, and there's questions as to when he's going to be back at full strength. No AB there. Um, this Bucks offense is not going to be quite as explosive as it was the past two seasons, I would presume right now. Watch them be, you know, even more explosive. It just seems like a game that, that could completely winnable for the Ravens, but you put them in the absolute worst spot, and you you got to look at it right now that it's going to be a loss just because of the Tom Brady factor and the travel factor and the humidity coming from, you know, mild autumn in Baltimore down to the Florida humidity. So, but it's only the thing that I'm second. Uh, oh, that wasn't it out on this schedule. Oh, no, that's not the one. Okay. No, that's not the one. I guess I thought it was a foregone conclusion. Gronk would be back. He's just like drinking white claws right now and he doesn't want to think about football and he's going to give it a couple weeks and, and come back. So I was, I was always assuming that he would be there. Um, I guess I was kind of wondering if Godwin will be back for this game. Right. Cause that's in, right. Isn't that yeah. start to be the window of opportunity he could possibly be back for. Uh, yeah. I have no fantasy shares of Chris Godwin. So I actually don't know when he comes back at that all. That sounds right though. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. I do. I will say they got Kate Otten one of our favorite tight ends in this year's draft. Um, so maybe Gronk doesn't have as much reason to come back. He can let Kay do this thing. Five to $10 million to catch passes from uh, Tom Brady. I, I think he'll, I think he'll be back. <laughs> I'm sure he will be. I'm just, yeah. I'm just saying I'm like Kate. I mean, they do need another one. OJ Howard left for uh, the bills, I believe actually. Um, so yeah, I mean, yep. you know, they could use a second tight end, even if they're only around for eight games at most. Like Cameron Brate's still there, isn't he? Yeah, Bray's still there. You, I'm surprised you didn't mention. I was pretty sure you drafted him, or at least grabbed him. Uh, isn't Gage on this team now? Isn't he technically wide receiver too? Oh, I traded him away. Oh, all shares were gone. Gage is a fine player, but if Humphrey and Peters are healthy, I don't think I don't think Gage is too much of an issue for the Ravens secondary. Evans is a beast, though. And and possible revenge game, which is every other game of these. Uh, Rashad Perryman's currently on oh, the Tampa Bay roster. Adjust. Moving on to the actual game that um is the one that really? has me completely confused. Why is this game Monday night? Can someone tell me why in the world Ravens at the Saints is Monday night? Easy. Here's why. Okay. The Ravens. And don't tell me Marcus Williams' revenge game. <laughs> The Ravens are getting all the rest they can after their Tampa Bay Thursday night game by playing Monday night the week after. So they'll have the most rest possible when playing the Saints uh, to then go win and then go into their bye week. So um, there you go. Also, a lot of people think the Saints are better than I think maybe the consensus of this pod is. And um, the Saints certainly think they're better than the consensus of this pod because uh, they're all about loading up for this year. Uh, they got Landry and Ravens and Shambles <laughs> oh, early, earlier this week. Drew Brees, hey, so, you know, uh, he's uh, he's not a commentator anymore. He might come back. <laughs> he said he said he'd think about it. Just his hair, his hair just started growing back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Drew. Yeah, I mean, maybe this is negative. I I, I think the point that Peter was attempting to make uh, that that Alec uh, wasn't hitting on was that 
the Saints just don't feel like a Monday night primetime game type of team. Um, I think they look good on paper. Um, we'll see how it goes. I think you're you're praying for a lot from Jameis. Um, he kind of showed you that they were they were worried, kind of worried to put the ball in his hand um, last year. I don't see any reason why that would change just because Landry's there and uh, Olave. Um, they drafted. Yeah, it's kind of a ho hum. If if we're gonna assign games, this is my Alex Patriots game. Just like ah, it's nice. Okay. Yeah, and I, you hit exactly on what I was trying to say. I mean, yeah, the Saints might be a very good football team this year. Um, defensively, you know, I, I think it's going to be an interesting matchup between the Ravens' offense and defense. I just look at there's so many other games on the schedule that if I were to schedule makers, I would have put there, just not just from, you know, perspective of a Ravens fan, but from like an NFL perspective as well. I mean, obviously, Ravens-Bills, better matchup, better storylines. Ravens Broncos better matchup, better storyline. Uh, Steelers, no, neither of the Steelers games are prime time right now. There's no history between these two franchises. I don't know. It's extremely odd choice um, from any angle you look at it, in my opinion. But um, I will agree with Alec though. If you know, just from looking at the matchup perspective, you get Monday night after Thursday night football, and then you get the bye. The NFL did the Ravens a, a really big favor there from a you know from a player rest perspective. The last time the Saints were in Baltimore, weren't we all, or at least a subsection of us there for that game? I think we all were. We all may have been at different areas of the stadium, but yeah, that's like oh, a that terrible, loss? Memory, terrible yeah. memory burned into yep. my brain. Um, we were sitting, we, what we came back to tie with like seconds left and we're like, Oh, he, you know, Tucker just has to hit this extra point. We go to overtime, this great stuff. And I forget who it was. It might've even been me said, hold on, wait. We, well, have to make- we were together, right? K fish. And these losers behind us were like, he never misses. And I was like, I feel it's like a jinx. Like <laughs> I didn't like what they were saying behind us. I don't know whoever it was. I know it was with one of you guys for that game. And yeah. Yeah. And then I have to hear who that while I walk down the very long walk. back and forth, <laughs> right. switchbacks. <laughs> but see, like that game, that game stings because Tucker missed an extra point. It doesn't sting because the Ravens lost to the Saints. Who gives a crap? You know, we yeah. have no rivalry with that team. That's, I guess, that's kind of what I'm saying. It's like there's no storylines. I feel like a primetime matchup has to have at least one storyline. True, true. Yeah, it almost feels like the Dolphins game last year, right? Because that was primetime too. I think it was a Monday night game or Thursday night. Thursday night. Thursday yeah. night football. I don't know. I know for. I, I view like like Saturday, Sunday night football and Monday night football are the big primetime games in my opinion. Thursday night football is like, eh, first game. Of, like swap these two. Put Tam- Ravens Tampa Bay on Monday night football. Ravens Saints Thursday night football. Boom! I fixed the whole schedule for you, <laughs> NFL. What were you doing there? Well, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I get it. It's fine. You're free to disagree with me, but I will not waver from my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's just really good. <laughs> All right, week week ten. Bye, All right, guys. We talked about it's that. a bye. Nothing to talk about here. Halfway point. Perfect halfway point. <laughs> this Love is like, it. I, yeah, I feel like we have we always like mildly complain about when the bye week falls. I saw it was week ten this year, and I was like, perfect. This is this is the spot I want it to be. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing more to say. This is a perfect time for the bye, and then. You know, you come off the bye week, and this is interesting because there's two schools of thought here. There's one school of thought that, like, off the bye week, you want to play 
a heavy hitter on your schedule, and that's not what the Ravens are going to get. Nope. Likely. <laughs> I would say almost certainly. The Ravens will be getting the Carolina Panthers, who will be starting either Sam Darnold or Matt Corral, right? That's Baker who they drafted? Maybe. Maybe <laughs> Baker Mayfield. I mean, no matter what, like the Panthers are not going to have a quarterback this year. Um, they, they so, Cam, too. Don't. Former MVP, <laughs> I love Cam Newton. Cam Newton is a shell of himself right now. Yeah. Let's be honest. But yeah, so I mean, it's kind of like two bye weeks, maybe. I don't know. They, they certainly are going to get a game that we can expect. We'll, they'll be able to get their legs back after a week of rest pretty easily. Um, home game as well on top of that. So not much more to say about it than that. Um, hopefully it's a ra- game the Ravens win by multiple scores pretty easily and can just look forward to the rest of the, the second half. I think so too. It's definitely a very winnable game for the Ravens. Uh, and then week 12, I mean, just kind of go right into it at Jaguars. Honestly, I think that's a very winnable game as well. Um, you know, we'll see what Trevor Lawrence is in year two, but year one was, I think for a lot of people, pretty underwhelming given, especially given his draft height. You know, the only thing I can say is that I'm glad we're not playing in London for this game. Uh, <laughs> I think that's definitely going to be a win for the Ravens, uh, but certainly two very winnable games, I think, back-to-back for them. Trap game number two of the year, if yep. I had to call it. Yep, the, yep, yep. Uh, I'm not thinking that the Jaguars should beat us. Like, that's why it's a trap game, right? But uh, I could see how it could happen because the rest of the schedule gets spicy except for one game. You could see them looking ahead to the Broncos. Um, so... This is an interesting game. Uh, the Jaguars can't be worse than they were last year. Um, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. You look at the Ravens' history going to Jacksonville. Since 2000, they've gone there six times, and they've got a record of 500. So that, that, oh, wait, sorry. They've played Jacksonville outside of Baltimore six times. So that 500 record in six games includes the the London game. So technically going down to Jacksonville, the Ravens are three and two, but they've never beaten Jacksonville by more than five points in their home stadium, which is bonkers. If you think about it, because some of those games were where the Ravens were pretty decent and the Jaguars ended up being not. So you got to wonder if there's something here. Again, you're going from mild autumn weather in Baltimore and going down South to the humidity of Florida is that it? Is that is that just why the Ravens have struggled in in these games? And again, you know, we've seen in the offseason that the coaching staff has been talking about, or, or at least Harbaugh mentioned in the end-of-year presser, that the coaching staff was going to look at the training program and look at that as a way of um, mitigating injury. I also wonder if they're going to look at, like, hey, you know, in Miami, certainly we, we had some issues with, with the humidity there look at is there some way that they can better prepare the guys for that shock to the body of, of difference in playing environment, uh, especially since you have two games in Florida um, after September. Um, really interesting to see. I don't know how much we'll have an eye into it, but if I were the Ravens, that's something I would be be looking at, whether or not that actually played as big of a role as it might seem uh, last year and in years past. This will be another one of those games where we get to see how far the O-line has come. They have um, often producing Josh Allen. They drafted Trayvon Walker. 
they had they drafted um I'm gonna butcher his name K Levon Chason uh, last year I think um, so they have a couple decent names on their um, D line and uh, their linebackers we watched them last year kind of decimate the Bills randomly so uh, that kind of feeds into that trap game narrative that you guys were talking about they they have some some game disruptors I I do hope that the Ravens don't go down there thinking this one's going to be smooth sailing you know like the Dolphins um couple couple years ago this is a big game um week 13 against the Broncos at home one o'clock game so not getting any special treatment as far as uh scheduling goes but uh probably a pretty big game for the teams Broncos are obviously uh, experiencing a good new, good new quarterback in Russell Wilson. Uh, we will see what that actually means for their uh, production this year. <laughs> and I'll let Peter talk now. <laughs> well, you know, I put down in the notes that um, there'll be a small protest outside the stadium before the game. It'll be a one-man protest, just Vic Fangio holding up a cardboard sign that says Ravens uh, don't respect player safety and yeah it'll get drowned out by the cr- crowd of purple going into the stadium <laughs> oh man this man that it's gonna be a while before those jokes get old like that's, that's everybody's really taking digs at Vic it's it's crazy even even Eric DeCosta <laughs> <not ball. laughs> but uh yeah no I mean this one certainly I think before the season uh before free agency honestly this wasn't that exciting uh, the Broncos are looking for, you know, looking like a dumpster team, honestly. But um, yeah, Russell Wilson being there, I think it does change things around a little bit. Certainly, I, you know, I think it's a game that the Ravens can win. Uh, but it, I, I think there's some potential here that could be a pretty good matchup. Um, you know, it's a long time, I think, for Russell Wilson to be able to, you know, get his feet wet and, and to kind of gain familiarity with the offense. Uh, by week 13, I mean, he's he's going to be the guy. Um, so we'll we'll know what kind of player he's going to be on that team. Yeah, I imagine like two or three months ago when when they released who we were playing and we saw that we were going to play Kyle Trask and Drew Locke. Um, we're like, oh, sweet, two wins. And then those turned into Tom Brady and uh, Russell Wilson, um, slightly different than the previous two names. I'm interested in this game to watch... Uh, now I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Javante Williams. Javante Williams. Well, yeah, yeah, Javante Williams. Because uh, RB one. I would say that like last time we played them, we were not tackling him well. So uh, I think that'll be a, a good thing to focus on um, to see if we've we've kind of cleaned up that tackling issue. I I know some will use the excuse we were we had janitors out there, but um, I think we still do. Queen was still basically, you know, we signed Josh Bynes. Yeah. Well, that being said, I'm hoping hoping the tackling goes better this time. I think, uh, I think Marlon Humphrey took a ride on uh, Williams. Yeah, yeah, nobody nobody could tackle Um, that game. It was was pretty bad. All right. Well, like I said at the beginning, the first five weeks of the season, very important. The last five weeks, here we go, guys. Strap in. Very important games. Uh, First one at Steelers, 1 p.m. game. I'm just going to go through the list here. At Steelers, at Browns, Falcons, for whatever reason. for Home against the Steelers, at Bengals. You've got four division games last five weeks. Almost all of them on the road. And then one Falcons game in the middle, which nobody's really going to care about. But let's, let, let's, let's kick it off. What do we think? Well, of course, we have to get Pickett 
in his final form, so to speak, of the year, waiting till week 14, assuming that he'll be playing uh, by then. Um, you know, perhaps they'll still be using uh, Mitch, but uh, we'll see. That's uh, it's interesting on that front. I think this is a game for the Ravens to win. I do think the Steelers are going to be in a transitional state. I don't think they're going to be a huge threat. Uh, it will still be probably pretty close given the nature of the teams, but um, I believe that these are some dubs for the Ravens. Man, I really like the uh, the AFC as Alex sees it. It's not the AFC as I see it. <laughs> I, I tell yeah. you, I loved what the Steelers did. And by loved, I mean hated because I thought the Steelers had an excellent draft. I think that Kenny Pickens is better than people think he is. I think that he is sol- going to be a solid quarterback in the NFL. I don't know if he's going to be a pro bowler. I don't know if he's going to be a fantasy football asset, but I think he's someone that can you can win football games with if you have a legitimate running attack and a strong defense, which the Steelers always have. I think just that they're going to get him on the field sooner rather than later because Trubitsky is not an NFL starting quarterback. And I think with Pickett's age, I think I think he'll have a, a, you know, a very similar rookie season than Mac Jones had last year. I'm looking at Mac Jones 2.0 with Kenny Pickett. I really am. Um, and obviously, you know, they've got a bunch of receivers there that the Ravens will have to deal with. TJ Watt is still there. Um, I I think that the Steelers are going to give the Bengals and the Ravens a run for the AFC North this year. And this this game this late in the season is is going to be a really interesting one. Yeah, I haven't watched a ton of Pickett. Um, all I really know is he set out their role game, um, which was is still frowned upon, but uh, particularly I don't care. Um, but uh, if if you're saying he has a similar trajectory to Jones, I that is kind of uh, scary because I think he's a lot more mobile than Jones because he is. I mean, yep. Jones is a, is a statue and I've watched at least the highlights of uh, the picket, like fake Neil to keep running and get another 20 yards um, in one of his college games. Um, so he's, he's more mobile. So that that's concerning um, again, you know, similar to Peter and unlike Alec, I, I think this is a scary game. I, the Steelers always play us tight. Steelers fans hate Tomlinson, but like he doesn't, he doesn't put out bad products. Like that team is competing every game. This, like, even if they've given up on the season and put in picket and just kind of see what they're going to get, it's, it's going to be a rough game. Yeah. And, you know, in the show notes, it says TJ Watt versus, you know, Ronnie Stanley. And uh, that's simplifying a, a problem, I think, down to, to what it's, not even going to be like TJ Watt could attack the the right side of our line all day and never, never see Ronnie at all. So, um, you know, that becomes, that'll be a, a problem that we haven't solved. Even when we threw backs at him, um, chipped him, uh, he, he will always be a game wrecker. I, uh, this game will probably cause me three or four heart attacks. <laughs> Just got to hope that Dobbins and Edwards take over at this point because i mean that's the best way to to attack them right now is that their defense at least for the last couple of years mm-hmm. just hasn't been really good stopping the run so just completely neutralize watt by taking them out with the run game but yeah i mean yeah let's not forget how much uh, success the ravens had last year with murray and, and freeman against the steelers defense yeah <laughs> except we still lost that game <laughs> yeah. yeah the one thing i will say about pickett 
Am I playing my hand too hard that I'm giving him a serious thought in rookie drafts coming up? I don't know. But <laughs> the one thing about Pickett, he he ha- does not did not exhibit in college, even in the last season, very good pocket presence and was very quick to abandon pockets when he had even, you know, just a defender, a single defender breathing on his neck. So if the Ravens are able to scheme up an effective pass rush, even with, you know, a personnel group that a lot of fans think is unideal, I could see that being a, a huge advantage in playing against the Kenny Pickett-led Steelers offense, looking at it right now. Um, if the Steelers are able to work that out with him, then, you know, it'll be a little harder. But right now, that looks like it is going to be his major weakness in the NFL, and the biggest thing he's going to have to transition to is how he plays against uh, pressure. And I predict that is why he will not be a good NFL quarterback. <laughs> I, I'm just being honest. Like that, I think that is a fatal flaw in the NFL, and I'm c- curious if he'll ever get over it or become better at it. I mean, that's fair. I mean, and as a Ravens fan, I'd love that. I just look at everything else he does, and I'm like, everything else looks pro ready. So, no, I mean, yeah. I get it. I get it. I, I, it all comes down to that. That's the projection you're making is his ability to process pressure. Um, exactly. Yeah, and 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 process at a high level in general. So. We'll see. That usually takes time, so I, I would I would be very surprised if he's if he's there by week fourteen. Yeah, well, and they're setting him up for success, though. I mean, um, they've continued to try to revamp their line. Um, they have Najee Harris, who's going to get somewhere upward to three hundred touches. Um, they've given him three wide receivers that are are good, and I don't know how you feel about Calvin Austin that that could possibly be a fourth. Um, I mean, he should have everything to succeed, so we'll see how it goes. I was assuming this was going to be your Pickens uh, hype moment, even though you've talked about it previously on the pod. I think Pickens is dead to Alec now, now that he's on <laughs> Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm hoping that he follows the Mims trajectory <laughs> at this point. Basically, no chance. But to remember, landing spot doesn't matter. <laughs> I know. Yeah, let's just ignore the, the team that turned out wide receivers like like it's nobody's business take random miniature guys and turn them into a b you know k fish is on the show so it's it's worth bringing up he'll always be the first to tell me i'm not a real fan because i'll draft players against that you know our own ravens rivals um so yeah i mean don't count me out from picking pickens at this point i would i would think that's a terrible idea if you think that you pick after me and pickens is the best player available and he's gonna pass (laughs) me good luck with that but it feels like a like edc misdirection oh i really don't like him (laughs) all right week 15 at browns it's mark andrews week again set your rosters (laughs) absolutely and i think at this point unless watson is hurt i think we can safely assume that he is the starting quarterback going against the ravens at this point if the ravens hadn't faced him yet that would make this game even more interesting yeah i don't know i'm we'll see if this is a game that matters for divisional standing. I'm still of the belief that the Browns will finish fourth in the division this year. But of course, you know, they, they do have talented players. So as much as I question their off season, we can still see the Browns like at 500 at this point in full contention for a wild card spot. And, you know, this game could be one of the, the late season divisional classics that we've actually seen between these two teams in the past couple of seasons. Yeah, it's interesting. The Browns, uh, they have a really easy first four weeks of the season. Again, you know, NFL scheduling, that's pretty crazy that 
Watson likely to be out is you know they have a cakewalk schedule anyway in the middle of the season they have a lot of their difficult games so they you know they're playing the Bills and they have I think Tampa after that and a few other hard games in there so um, depending how they come out of of that middle schedule is kind of um, you know they could be around a 500 team here they could be really good at that point you know or maybe not so good I I think it's a good time at least uh, to play them that second game I I do kind of like it Uh, we actually don't know what day this is going to be on I don't if anybody out there knows why what's going on December 17th or 18th and as to why this doesn't have a, a set time let us know uh, we haven't really figured out why that is but you know I think it's certainly it's a it's gonna be good it's gonna be a good uh, time I think to kind of play the Browns I I do like these late uh, late divisional matchups uh, you know I think it's, I think it's gonna be good good football regardless they're like a Cleveland Guardians game that like is in flux or like Oh, baseball's over by that time. This game's in December. I was thinking it might be something like, I don't know, some like Christmas thing or like, you know, I don't know, NBC has something on television or something at a certain time. And Watson is actually like the lead clown at the circus that's in town that week. And Oh, man. Why don't we just rename, rebrand the podcast Ugh. to the Sean Watson Hate no. Club? <laughs> <laughs> All right. By week number two, week 16 versus the Falcons. I, I think we're counting this by week number three. Unless you're counting week 10 and 11. That's right, yeah, because it double bye week, yep. (laughs) Yeah, well, this is an interesting game. This team's in full rebuild, so I don't even want to call it a trap game. This this feels like this should be a slam dunk win. There's there's no way. I'm already, this is already a win for the Ravens. There's no way, unless the entire roster is hurt, and even then, the Falcons are, are playing for nothing this year. They got Drake London in the draft. He's going to be the number one wide receiver for some quarterback not named Marcus Mariota or Desmond Ritter. Uh, yeah, I was thinking Ritter was would be in this game. This is they give up on Mariota like week seven, maybe even earlier, and they get to play another rookie quarterback. Right. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I guess my point is like I don't expect either of them to be the starting quarterback for the Falcons two years from now. <laughs> I think they're both bridge guys, um, and you know they didn't really. Did they bring anyone in from free agency that I'm missing? Any big name? Um, they traded for uh, Brian Edwards. Um, so no big names. I think they lost what like a little bit of their meager pass rush. They have a good cornerback. To answer your question, no, I yeah, yeah. I think that's all we need to say about this game. Kyle Hamilton versus Kyle Pitts will be fun. Other than that. Are you guys just anointing Hamilton as the tight end guy? Like, I, I don't know. Like, it seemed like Stevens um, got a lot of that last year. I don't, I wasn't disappointed in it. I don't I mean, I, Stevens will probably still get, I'm sure that Hamilton's not going to be the only guy guarding tight ends. I just thought that that was in his draft profile. Like, that was what he really, like, that's going to be his skill set at the next level is that he, with his athleticism and his build, he projects to be a guy that teams are going to use to lock down uh, well, this, the team being the Ravens, you know, the Travis Kelsey and, and uh, Mike Gusecki types. Athletic tight ends. Yeah, no, I get that. I just, I guess I'm a little bit interested to see what they do with Stevens. Um, it, well, it kind of seemed like his role, but yeah, like I've seen a lot of like Hamilton slated to do this. And uh, I just, it's something that won't get figured out until, until we see it on, on, uh, on game day. All right, so after bye week number three, week 17, home game, last home game of the season, yet again, will be against the Steelers. 1 p.m. for now. 
I wouldn't be shocked if that's flexed, as I think the Steelers and the Ravens will be neck and neck with the Bengals at this point in a three-way race for the AFC North title. Um, this is going to be a huge game. Uh, I don't know what else to say. It's Ravens-Steelers, and what more is there to say? You know, this is a, it's going to be a huge game. <laughs> Need the dub. It's going to be critical for uh, seeding, I'm sure. So, yeah, I mean... All the same reasons we liked it at week 14 or didn't like it at week 14, probably apply <laughs> week 17. <laughs> and then finish it up with the Bengals again. This could certainly play into playoff seeding, AFC North title. This could even play, game could matter for one of these two teams, whether or not they even make the playoffs. Um, hopefully that would be the Bengals and not the Ravens in that scenario. But the AFC is so loaded. I mean, the Ravens could have a good amount of wins right at this point and still be, you know, was it 2020 there was that huge log jam we could very well see another big log jam again so i i think that the likelihood of this game mattering as far as for playoffs are pretty high yeah it was looking at the schedule when it came out i was i don't want to say upset but uh kind of bummed because like it feels like this game's going to be super important and would love for it to be at home to reverse the games um feels like a a Great advantage for um, the Bengals. Um, hopefully, it doesn't matter. Maybe we win, you know, fourteen games, and and uh, we get to see um, Tyler Huntley. And then Ravens flock probably goes off about how Huntley could be a QB one again. Um, but uh, yeah, this is going to be a huge game. Very interesting game. Being able to see how the Bengals progress from Week Five to Week Eighteen. So that's like my biggest interest. How are these two teams different at that point? Uh, this, unlike the other games, I feel like these are the obviously these are the most extreme, furthest apart, um, and these teams also probably have the most almost development to make. You could probably argue the Browns will have a lot of development uh, because they could potentially have a new quarterback, but uh, I think the Browns are the Browns. Man, I was I was looking at other you know other teams in the AFC, and you're like. All right, so all the teams in the uh, Chargers division, which I'm blanking on the division, they're all good. We expect them to be in the hunt. Uh, if you want to say the Raiders, we don't – like is the, the down team there, that's fine, whatever. Um, and then I think, you know, realistically, all the teams in our divisions have a chance. I'm a little higher on the Browns than um, Peter. Um, and then you look at um, Bills, Patriots, Miami. I think they all have shots. And then, you know, the Titans, the Colts, they get to play the NFC, NFC least. So there's some good wins for them. Like, there could be a very large log jam, as you guys were saying. And which, you know, kind of speaks to how important that Week 18 game could really be. Yeah, teams beat up on each other in this division, for sure. It's going to be difficult. I guess this is the favorite part of the show. We got to predict how many wins the Ravens are going to get this year. 17 games. How might they do? I'm going to say 13, 13 and four high range of outcomes. The vengeance tour is real seed one. Let's go. So I, I don't know if you guys saw like uh, Cole tweeted out like a, whenever the schedule was released, he's like all the Ravens fans going to be at 12 and five, 13 and four. And then Alec comes in hot with the 13 and four, <laughs> literally falling into, um, you know, that um, I was going to say, uh, I'm a little more tentative on 
on the Ravens schedule. I think it's it's going to be it's going to be a rough schedule. It's it's definitely not whatever you know people were saying like the fourth place schedule. It's going to be so great. It's definitely not that. Um, I was looking at it and I said eleven and six, and I am unhappy with that number. But so I'm hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, I'm also going to take a little more conservative approach. I mean, this schedule is brutal for the Ravens. You get a little bit of a break. Um, you know, in the middle of the season, which is good with the Saints there and then the bye week and then the Panthers. I, I, I mean, even the Saints, you know, like we're saying, the Saints are could be pretty good this year. Um, so maybe that game isn't even easy. Um, yeah, when I'm looking at this game, this schedule, I think they split the division games. Um, even even Cleveland. Yeah, like, again, I said, I, don't, I think Cleveland's going to finish fourth in this division. I think they're still going to finish very close to 500. I just think that they're not as good as the other three teams in this division. Um, and you got to put Tampa Bay, you, you, looking at it right now, you got to think that's more likely a loss than a win. Uh, so that puts them, my prediction, I guess, at 10 and 7 for them right now. <laughs> Wish I could. But, and again, I don't even think, you, you look at the, if the Ravens finished 10 and 7 this year, that might be like finishing with 12 or 13 wins in a, in a normal AFC. The AFC is just so freaking stacked this year. 10 and seven could get you the fourth seed in potential. You know, this is going to be a stacked conference this year. And I think that strong teams are going to have lower records than they would in usual years, just because of all the star power that's moved to this conference. Yes, I agree with you. Holy Peter. I'm looking for us to be the outlier. I think there will be a single outlier in the AFC that has more wins than they probably should. Uh, the ball bounces the right way, and I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna put it on the Ravens this year because it fits the narrative. You'd be off brand if you didn't have the most optimistic fortune <laughs> forecast for the season. <laughs> someone hasn't gone. Someone hasn't gone yet. Someone hasn't gone yet. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Just okay. to kind of like go to your outlier thing, or like. The Bills, the Bills play, I, I'm sure you haven't looked at because I've been looking at it the first time as well right now. They play the Bears, they play the Jets, they play the Lions. Um, sure they play our division, but they're gonna, you know, they're gonna get some wins there. I mean, they're they have a couple like gimme games. They could easily be that outlier that you're talking about. With with the Chiefs, with the Chiefs no longer having Tyreek Hill, the Bills are in a new class at the AFC. I think that the, if there's gonna be an outlier, it's gonna be Buffalo. That's my unbiased take reasonable chris go ahead all right originally i was thinking 12 and 5 because i do agree with you guys the division games are a little scary i think and i I do think that there's a chance for at least one of the nfc games that they might drop them maybe the tampa game it might be likely uh but then i remembered who we're getting back and you know what I do. I play in the narrative, right? I, I play into that. I think it's a. It's definitely a bounce back year for the Ravens. Um, I, I think we're just we're going to get so many people back from injuries. I think. Put it this way. I, I'm. I'm not. I'm not calling my shot. I'm not saying it's going to happen. But I'm going to say that if the Ravens were to pick up a Julio Jones or somebody that could stretch the field, I think it's 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 going to transform this offense. I think people are going to be a lot more excited about what the Ravens offense can do. And that's really the missing piece. Uh, I think a defense is already going to be good. We're going to have the running backs that we need 15 and two, baby. I'm going to call it right there. (laughs) Okay. So that gives me actual hope because Chris is way more pragmatic than Alec is. So, Oh, geez. (laughs) I mean, you're right. (laughs) 
<laughs> I I just really like to recall the 2019 season. I shot my shot saying that they were going to be awesome, and they were. And right, all exactly. y'all were pessimistic. If you sit around all day saying it's 512, eventually you're going to be right. <laughs> After four weeks, you were like, fuck, I, I, was, I was really wrong. <laughs> and then they just didn't lose again until they did. Uh, well, that's you cool. Julio's that piece? Like, I don't know. I've been beating the fuller drum for probably like. I think, dude, weeks, I think if Julio's but... healthy, he's got to be the move. He's the deep threat. He's the big, he's got the catch radius. Like, I, I think at this point, like, if he hasn't signed yet, it's because people are waiting if he's healthy. And I think the Ravens have to be. If, if they know he's healthy, they got to pounce on him. Interesting. I'd actually rather have TY than I, Julio. I think, I think t- to be clear, I, I like TY, but I'm. I think I think Julio checks more boxes. I think he's that deep threat, and he has the catch radius, whereas mm. Ty just is the deep threat. Ty had that neck injury, and that's just not great. I mean, uh, I'm just saying of the two. In actuality, I'd rather have neither and just see what Devin Duvernay and Prochet and Wallace can do. But <laughs> at this my point. bold prediction is the Ravens do not address this position, and it is a scary proposition because. Um, they're basically preying on health at that point of the wide receiver position. Um, Cause even, even if you don't lose your top two guys, so to speak, and, and Bateman and, and Andrews, I think suffering a single injury to the depth that you have is, is probably problematic. So yeah. you're talking, what everyone needs to remember though, is you're talking about your wide receiver three. We're not talking about wide receiver two. Mark Andrews is wide receiver one. Rashad Bateman's right, wide said. receiver one B. <laughs> I'm still saying, even if your top two guys are are healthy, I still think I think those snaps are important. Oh, so, I wasn't yeah. saying it for you. I was saying it for <laughs> listeners. <laughs> yeah, I've seen way I, too many tweets about how the Ravens need a wide receiver too. No, we have two wide receivers. We're look, we're talking about <laughs> filling wide receiver three. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Then I would like to throw Isaiah Likely in there, wide receiver three. He's a freak. Sure, he could be. He could be. Well, but he's, a, he's a question mark right now. I mean, yeah, he's got a ton of potential. He could be that guy, but I'm okay if they don't get another wide receiver. I think we're going to go out heavy a lot, and I think Raven Sanders just need to get used to it. And I honestly think it won't be the worst thing in the world. I think they're going to sign one. It's it's going to make nobody happy, but they're going to sign one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I have a feeling it's not going to be Fuller or Julio. Uh, so then you're like, oh, oh I, mean, I think we're waiting until training camp for sure. I mean, like, there's no, there yeah. is no reason to sign Julio yeah. now until, you know, training camp preseason. So Julio came out and said he's not taking a cheap deal, which I mean, it's nice to say, but uh, <laughs> nice to say, yeah. <laughs> Tell Julio he has sniffed a Super Bowl once in his career, and they absolutely and totally whiffed on it. So he needs to join the Ravens. It's his only shot. I mean, I I'm sure that's what he thought last year with the Titans. Yeah, he thought wrong. I couldn't even play. All right, guys. Well, we made it to the end. Thanks for thanks for sticking around. It's been a while. We're really excited, obviously, for this season. The schedule is finally coming out. We know we're crossing those dates off. We're, we know where all the dates are, who the opponents are. Uh, we're looking forward to it. As always, we're going to have great Ravens content. Uh, the more information we learn throughout the offseason, we'll be here. Uh, over here at our new pod, One Winning Pod. So thanks again for listening. And just so you know, we, uh, we changed our Twitter handles uh, mid-show, actually. So we're no longer at, at Ravens underscore recap. We're over at at one winning pod. Yep. And like you guys said in the last pod, didn't have to refollow. Keeping it simple for the for the fans. I, w- I will say, though, you might have to resubscribe in Overcast. I haven't completely sussed out how to do the transition, but it seems like everything else will be very smooth. 
Uh, but we'll keep you posted. I think the game plan is the cross-post episodes for a little bit. Um, but please do subscribe to the new feed in one way or the other. We'll keep you posted as we get it fully developed. And with that, we'll talk to you guys next time. Go Ravens! Also, let's make sure to talk about why the heck do we have the most travel for a week in the preseason? Why are we going to Arizona? They said that was like the first time ever that we've gone to pre- uh, Arizona or something like in yeah. preseason, I think. Yeah, I think like the furthest they've ever gone in preseason has been Dallas. It's like the whole, why the whole year we don't travel that much. We haven't started the show yet. <laughs> okay, okay, sorry. <laughs> also, wait, hold on. Are we doing one winning pod this time? Like, are we going to introduce it that way? Sure. We teased All it right. last episode, right? I guess so. Yeah, yeah. The email, the email you sent me said this is the first one for the rebranded show. We got a new logo in the chat. Ravens recap is is dead. Long live one winning pod. <laughs> All right. Well, that's not going to be the end of the show. Uh, little blooper. Peter, <laughs> this is your name. You do the honors. All right.